0: The Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie care.com to learn more. That's prairie care.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome here into this episode of the "Take What Serves, Leave the Rest" podcast. My name is Brian Piets. I am your host, and and really, really uh, grateful that you are taking some time to join in on this conversation here today. I want to thank you so much for being patient with me. I was off the last couple of weeks. I did not put out new episodes of the podcast. Sometimes you just really have to lean into self-care, and, and that, that's what I did. I actually got to go on a, a vacation with my family to Montana last week, which was just a, a beautiful escape into the mountains, and so I appreciate you all being patient, and and we're picking right back up here this week with with brand new episodes. And we're talking this week about perinatal mental health, specifically perinatal OCD. You know, I would imagine for a lot of pregnant women and new moms out there, there is a, a bombardment of, of messaging from society that, that this time of their life is supposed to be so magical and so wonderful and so filled with joy as they welcome their new little one into the world. And while that might be very true for, for some people, and while those emotions are, are likely coming up around the birth of a new child, uh, the reality also is that there can be, as I have learned, uh, a lot of struggle as well for some people when it comes to their mental health uh, particularly new moms. And so we're gonna we're gonna shed some light on that here today in this episode. and and we're joined by Chelsea Elker. So so Chelsea is a clinic care coordinator for the perinatal specialty clinic in uh, at Prairie Care here in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. and And Chelsea is gonna share her story with you. So she, started having intrusive thoughts focused around and centered around um, one of her children, her, her child not long after she gave birth. And, and this caused a lot of anxiety and, and a lot of really, really deep struggle for her. And she opens up about that in this episode. She also talks about how that experience has led her to the work that she is doing here today and and i i really really want to thank chelsea for the vulnerability that she shows in this episode she gets very very real about um, what some of those intrusive thoughts can look like for new moms things that are really hard to talk about but deeply important to talk about so that people know that they are not alone so with that uh let's begin this conversation Um, I hope, especially if this is something that you're experiencing, or, you know, somebody that's experiencing something similar, uh, this can reach you, um, and, and help serve you in, in some way. So here is my conversation with Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you so much for, for taking some time to, to chat here on the podcast
1: you're welcome
0: it's great to have you thank you is this uh, is this nerve-wracking to to dive in and, and kind of share your story like this
1: honestly I feel like this is more nerve-wracking than when I'm talking to a crowd of people because mm. you can see the reaction yeah this I'm just kind of talking and you don't you don't know how people are gonna react
0: It's always funny because I, I think I'm the opposite. <laughs> I don't like to see people's reactions. That makes me anxious. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in my comfort zone right now and you're
1: it can, Yeah, uncomfortable. I'm a little. I'm okay.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'm so grateful that you're here and and talking about such an important topic. Um, what, what I want to do, I, I always kind of hate asking just like, hey, tell me your story because there's a lot to that and that can be really overwhelming to even know where to begin. But um, as I understand it... Um, something happened for you you had an experience after the birth of your second child
1: yes yep um
0: tell me more about that
1: um so i had my first son braden when i was 22 and he was a surprise and um i loved being a mom it was so much fun and then me and my husband got married a couple years later and we wanted to expand our family Mm Um, so we got pregnant with Easton and I had him and I was so excited. We were going, you know, a week after having him, we were going to the park every day. And like, I just thought like, I got this. Yeah. And then I didn't realize that I had anxiety probably always. Um, so like little things would happen and I would feel something or like it would be harder to breathe or different things, but it never computed mm-hmm. that anything was wrong. Um and then i was nursing him one night at home and my husband was gone cuz my husband he's he travels for work so he i mean half the year he's gone 6 days a week mm. so it was me nursing easton at night in my room and i just had this thought and i thought i thought what if i smothered him and it like mm-hmm. it washed over me and like this sick feeling just mm. at the bottom of my stomach like I was just like, I need to put him in his room. And then I just, like, laid down and, like, could not sleep because mm. I was like, how could I think that? Am I dangerous now? Like, I've never been dangerous, but I guess I'm dangerous now. Mm. Like I've never been evil, but I maybe I am now. Yeah. And so I didn't tell anyone for, like, a month, but I started doing these mental tests on myself. Like, am I like this? Do mm. I – am I – capable of hurting someone? Would I do this? What would people think of me if they knew that I was thinking these things? And it just, Mm -hmm. at first it was kind of like me testing myself, but then it became automatic and it became all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't eat. I didn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I didn't, I would cry every time that I would drop my oldest off at preschool. I would walk around the store the whole time he was at preschool because I didn't want to be alone. And so that that moment in my room by myself nursing him is when everything started for me, and it was so scary. Yeah.
0: You said you didn't tell anybody.
1: No, because I thought, I thought that they would think I was dangerous. Yeah.
0: Um, did you get to a point where you eventually did tell someone?
1: I told my husband about a month later Okay. Um, and he's like, I think weird things all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, and you don't obsess over them and lose 40 pounds and cry all the time. Hmm. He's like, no. And so I thought, Oh, yeah. And then I was, I did, I was also looking like Googling, trying to figure out, and I thought it was OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I would Google scary thoughts, but then I would be like, I don't want this to be on my search history.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I finally did find a therapist who specialized in perinatal OCD, and that that was helpful. Um, but I kept getting worse, mm. and i I was against medication because I thought that I was too strong for medication, or I thought that medication was bad. I don't know what I thought. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that I could white knuckle it and get better, and I kept getting worse.
0: Mm. Was that therapist that you worked with giving you proper treatment?
1: Yeah. Yep, they were great and they were really helpful, but it was like it was like I should have hindsight twenty twenty. I wish I would have reached out for help sooner so yeah. that I wouldn't have gotten so deep into the OCD. Yeah, but I was kind of so deep into it, and then that's why um, my therapist told me about um, the mother baby program at HDMC. So that was the partial hospitalization program. Mm-hmm. Um, that was only one of like three in the country at the time. Yeah. Um, and that was before we had like the IOP level of care, like like our level of care. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, this might be helpful for you, like if, if you're not getting better. And so I went to the harsh <laughs> partial hospitalization program and I brought my son with me and we went for three weeks every day, six hours. Mm-hmm. And they stabilized me on medication. I had group therapy every day. Yeah. Um, I had a therapist who I loved. I actually went to her retirement party a couple of years oh, ago. <laughs> that's awesome. I love her. But um, And so going to the partial hospitalization program was a real turning point for me yeah. because I was able to get that higher level of care that I needed every day. And then I was able to go back and do the once weekly therapy and really work through what I had been through and learn more coping skills. Mm. And so the therapy would have been enough i think if i would have known to get it sooner but you yeah. don't know what you don't know and and so i i didn't i waited and i was quiet cuz i was scared
0: yeah so you when you went into that treatment program inpatient program inpatient program no it was I, outpatient, outpatient but it program.
1: was it was 4 days a week 4 days a week for 6 hours a day yeah
0: so when you went into that any idea how long that was after you had that initial thought?
1: The initial thought happened in late July. Okay. So my baby was born in June. Yep. By late July, I had the thought. I sat on it until September, mm. or, and I started getting um, the, uh, uh, the therapist. Yeah. And then in October was when I went to... partial treatment
0: so there was a there was a stretch there where you were really maneuvering this alone
1: and I was struggling and I would love to say that like I I knew what to do and I knew how to handle it um honestly I had really I have always had really great neighbors I've been blessed twice in two different neighborhoods with great neighbors but Mm -hmm. I like walked into a a wedding shower and I put down the present from the group and I walked right back out and I cried under my deck mm. and my neighbors after a couple weeks, they were like, I know you told us that your therapist told you about a higher level of care. And they're like, we don't care what we have to do. Mm. Like watch your kids cause your husband's not home. We don't care what we have to do. You need to do that. Mm. And so I was gently told like yeah. you you, you should reach out for more help.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you describe to people what that, was that stretch was like for you of of
1: hell? Yeah. It was hell on earth. Yeah. I was constantly checking like if I would think one thing I'm like this means I don't love them mm-hmm. or this means I do love them or I would be scared that I didn't love them then I would cry. And like these thoughts these like dangerous scary thoughts were 24/7 like I couldn't mm. I couldn't function. I was like a sh- I was a shell. Yeah. And I When I went into my assessment, I was like bawling and I was telling the psychiatrist, I'm like, I'm really funny in real life. Mm. And I'm like, are you guys worried about me? And they're like, you dear are worried enough about yourself for all of us. And you're going to be okay. Um, And I didn't, I didn't know if I could believe them because it felt so horrible. And I felt like there's no way that you can get better from this. Yeah. Like, I was convinced that there was no way.
0: So you go into this treatment program, you start getting the help that you need. It it sounds like you said that 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 was a real turning point for you. Um, What about that was, was helpful? What did you learn? What kind of tools did you, did you acquire?
1: Um, I feel like where I was at, I felt like the medication was really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I know it's not for everyone, but I couldn't even get my anxiety low enough to think clearly. And so the fact that I had the best perinatal psychiatrist in the state working with me mm-hmm. and meeting with me when I, you know, once or twice a week was really helpful. Um, a lot of the moms I was with were um, struggling with depression at the time, so. Even though I didn't feel like anyone was there with my exact mm-hmm. situation or fears or struggles, I felt like I wasn't alone. And yeah. that was really helpful. And then the therapist that I had there, just nothing. It didn't matter what I said to her. It didn't it didn't scare her. The, the thoughts that I was having, she knew that they were anxious thoughts and they weren't part of who I was. Yeah. And what I believed in and what and things I would act on. And the fact that she was so calm and not scared of what was happening to me because she had seen it before yeah. was really comforting to me. Yeah,
0: because that's the thing about, you know, I, I think with, with OCD um, and intrusive thoughts for people who are listening who are, are maybe kind of new to this conversation, um, the thoughts don't say anything about who you are.
1: Right. Um, How
0: do you describe it? To, to people you know kind of what intrusive thoughts are and kind of how that how our minds latch onto those and create all these really scary stories
1: I always say that like it felt like someone else was flying the plane mm. I was a passenger and mm. like because I know that people get uncomfortable if it's like they're you know like it was a voice in my head but it just it felt like someone else was in charge yeah And I had taken a back seat and I was just on this ride and I didn't know how to get off. And it was so scary. Like if I could have run away from my own body, like I would have. Yeah. It was so scary. Yeah. And before going through this, I would have, I would not have even been able to comprehend how hard it was. Yeah.
0: Did it impact your relationship with your son?
1: That's, um, that's funny you say that. Um so I made myself keep nursing him and I made myself wear him a lot because hmm. I was really worried about that. Um, and I cried about it all the time. And my, my individual therapist told me, I remember crying in her office saying like, am I going to, am I going to have a connection with him? Cause yeah. as moms, you know, that's all you want. And And I was worried that because I didn't have that picture perfect experience like I had with my first. Mm. And she was saying or she told me, she's like, I think that you'll have a stronger bond with him because you fought so hard Mm. to be his mom. Mm. And I love all my kids the same on, obviously. But we do have this connection where I'm like, I fought to be here with you and to be here for you. And he's seven now. Mm-hmm. And and being in the same room as him used to, like, give me panic attacks. And, like, I would want to close his door and my door yeah, just for the anxiety to stop. And now I can't get that kid out of my bed. Hmm. Like, we're, he's so funny and sweet. And he's a second born, so he's a little wild. But <laughs> we do have that connection. And I'll look at pictures and videos. And I'm glad I took them because... I wasn't really able to be present how I wish I would have been. But our our connection has not suffered from it, which was my biggest fear.
0: Yeah. Just kind of thinking about this. You know, there's obviously I've never been a mom. (laughs) So I don't know what that's like or a dad. But I would imagine there's a lot of messaging around. This is supposed to be the most like magical time of your life. You're a new mom. There's like all these kind of societal things about. And I was a second time mom.
1: So I thought. Yeah.
0: And you'd had a, you, this hadn't happened time. And this to you the was planned.
1: Time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and the reality it sounds like for you internally was you were questioning your worthiness as a human being, your worthiness as a mom. Are you this awful person because of this thought that I had? And, um, sounds just like a lot of, sounds like a lonely place to be.
1: It felt like being like at the, bottom 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 of a well or like the deepest part of the ocean yeah. and like needing to climb Mount Everest like it that's how it felt yeah it was so hard yeah
0: so here you are now doing work in this area of mental health working with moms in, I would imagine, similar situations. Um, what led you here? How did you get to this point of kind of what you've gone through to, to now being able to, to give back and and help?
1: Um, so I start. I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I knew I wanted to be a mom and I didn't know what I wanted to be. So obviously I went to beauty school, um, which is I'm sure what all mental health professionals start with. (laughs) Um, and then it it's the kind of thing that happens in your life where, you know, if there's like a sinking ship and you have a lifeboat and you go back to help the other people mm-hmm. because it, it changed every part of my life. And like for a while, like, and it the healing was slow. So like for a while I was very serious yeah. and like very like don't take anything for granted. And so it did take a long, a while for like all of me to come back. Um, and like, there was a while where I was like, I could never work in this population cause I don't want to catch it again. Mm. Um, and so I did have another baby. That was something that I was like, I'm never having another baby. And then yeah. I started getting better. I'm like, I want another baby. Um, so I waited until my youngest was a couple years old so I could make sure that I was in a place where I felt like I wasn't nervous about going back to that place. Yeah. Um, and then it was just kind of like, I, I now knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to help moms who thought this can't get better Mm. because I, I felt like that. I thought there is no way, even when I started getting better, I had glimpses of recovery. I was like, this is as good as it's going to get. I'm still, I'm still going to be broken. Yeah. And, and that, that wasn't the case. And, and so I wanted other moms to know mm-hmm. that it gets better.
0: How many moms are struggling with things along these lines struggling with their mental health? And how many, I mean, is, I mean, is, is, it's, a lot. Is, I mean, is it a lot? Stati-
1: I mean, are we talking statistically or are we talking? I'm sure that the actual numbers are much higher than yeah. the statistics. I think the statistics are one in seven. Or one in five. And then, like, OCD is lower, like 3%. But, you know, everyone has scary, intrusive thoughts. Yep. And my anxiety, your anxiety is what you use to protect yourself and your kids mm-hmm. and my anxiety was taking those thoughts that don't matter and making them matter mm. and I think that especially with COVID with so many moms feeling isolated like I never had babies in COVID sure I never was a new mom when the world shut down and I couldn't go to the park or I couldn't go to ECFE Um, and so I'm sure a lot of moms are alone and like wondering like is this okay what I'm thinking? Cause this doesn't look like Instagram. Yeah. Like my life did not look like Instagram is what it didn't look like. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how many moms actually are struggling. And that's another reason that I I am so open with my story because I know what it's like to be quiet and try to white knuckle through it. Yeah. And I know that tons of moms have done that. And I just it breaks my heart because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. There's no medal for struggling the most. There's no award for white knuckling it through. Even even if you can, it doesn't mean you have to.
0: Yeah. Can you kind of take me inside a little bit? So, um, you know, I, I mean, I've been very open on here that I, I've struggled with OCD myself. And so I understand, you know, I, I have kind of my own way of maneuvering when intrusive thoughts arise and some of the tools that I've learned to kind of ride those waves and not get too pulled in by them. What, what helps you? So, so when, it, when, a, when a thought, you know, when you were noticing those thoughts coming up, um, how do you approach them now today so that you don't kind of get pulled in that direction where you were landing before?
1: Um, I don't have them like as much as I did. Yeah. Um, but the thing that really helped was when I was able to get my anxiety lower it wasn't having them. Mm. And so, because when you're, when you're stuck in your own mind and people are like, well, those are intrusive thoughts. Those aren't your thoughts. You're like, well, they're all up here, so yeah. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. So being able to get my anxiety lower to tell the difference was helpful. Yep. And then it was also really helpful not to be scared of them. Because mm. as long as you're scared of them, they still have power over you. Yeah. And so now if I get one, I'm like, ugh. You know, it's just like, like a gnat, like this is kind yeah. of annoying, Yep. but it's not, I'm not scared of a gnat. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they're just kidding, I wouldn't be scared of a gnat. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then even like we, like sometimes we encourage our moms to name it like, you know, you know, like a Disney villain, Yeah. like Ursula or something like Ursula is acting up again yep. and othering it, making it something that's something other than you can be really helpful.
0: And I know for me it's it's almost learning how to sit with the uncertainty that I'm not going to necessarily get to figure out that thought or why am I having the thought or I need to get to some sort of you know certainty around it before I can proceed. Like for for me a lot of the healing I know personally started to happen when I could kind of just sit with the uncertainty and let myself feel that and do my best to still kind of show up for my life one step at a time
1: yeah no and you saying that for at least a year maybe a couple years I would think if I just never had that thought this would have never happened yeah or or so I finally got over that and I thought because like these thoughts I were having they were horrible yeah and I thought to myself I'll get through this, but I'm never going to forgive myself for having those thoughts because I don't know why. And like, if I knew why it happened, then I could forgive myself. Mm-hmm. And I had to let that go mm-hmm. because it, it, it didn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really hard for me to let go of like, there was never going to be a reason why I had the thought. There yeah. just wasn't.
0: What are, um, for, for, for moms, and I know, I know this stuff can be like kind of uncomfortable to talk about, but um, for for moms who are maybe experiencing some of this postpartum OCD um, stuff coming up. Are are there certain kind of thoughts that that tend to pull moms in, like that tend to come up, that that cause a lot of this anxiety? Like, are are there there common ones that you hear?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, um, so like postpartum OCD focuses on usually the baby, or it can be your own health. Yep. And it's all about safety. Mm. So, what if I, what if I do something on accident and the baby gets hurt? What Mm. if the baby? In the middle of the night, something happens and I don't know. What if something happens to me and I can't take care of the baby? Mm. What if I do something to the baby on purpose? It's it's usually all about the baby and or mine did spread to like my older son eventually too. But Mm -hmm. it's all about their safety and my safety. So it revolves around the things that you care about most. And putting it in the worst case scenario, which is your mind's way of trying to be prepared for everything Mm -hmm. but you don't need to be prepared for everything yeah and so in a twisted way it is focusing hypervigilance on safety but it feels like the worst thing in the world
0: yeah yeah there's like almost in in this way there's it's almost a sign of how much you care as a mom
1: but that yeah and that's not how it felt though it doesn't feel that way at all which was very confusing yeah
0: um I would imagine it can leap over into sexual intrusive thoughts about yeah. their you know, mom and, and their kids. Which is mortifying. Which is, I mean. Because yeah. what's
1: worse than that? And then mine would shift to, they would, it would be sexual and then it would be violence and then it would switch and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is the worst. Yeah. And then it would switch. I'm like, never mind, This is the worst. And then it would switch like. Yeah.
0: Whatever you're having in that moment feels like the, like the worst. It felt like the worst. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't thank you enough for just being open about this. Cause this is, like I said, this can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable to talk about these things, but, um, so important because there's so many people out there that are struggling in silence. And so I think naming these things is incredibly powerful. As we kind of start to start to wrap up here a little bit, um, what would you, is, is there something that you would want to say to moms out there that are, you know, whether it's OCD or anxiety, postpartum depression, um, you know, really finding themselves in a, in, in, a, in a really tough place right now? Something you would want them to hear?
1: I would say, and we talk about this in group all the time, just giving yourself the compassion that you would give your friend or your family. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, we're all human heart weird thoughts happen to everybody and then I would really encourage I mean we're trying we're constantly trying to spread awareness to pediatricians OBGYN providers you know mental health general mental health professionals um but we do recommend like trying to find a person who really understands perinatal mental health and reaching out for help um because it you know there were times where I reached out to you know, my general practice doctor and I just didn't really mm-hmm. feel like they understood. And so yeah. if you can feel safe and reach out for help or find an online support group, um, I would just recommend trying to find someone who does have perinatal training mm-hmm. because it does differ, you know, a little bit. And there are different ways, you know, the way that you would treat general OCD isn't necessarily the way you would treat postpartum OCD. Mm-hmm. And and, and it's not bad or good. It's just different. And mm-hmm. so I'd recommend being kind to yourself, leaning on your support system, getting enough sleep and nutrition. Um, and then if you're going to reach out, just try to reach out to a, um, a professional who has some perinatal background or experience. Because it, it can really it can make a difference.
0: Yeah. What have you learned about yourself throughout this journey
1: I learned I wasn't a monster that was fun
0: yeah step
1: number one (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it did it made me it made me more grateful it made me it you you know what it really did it increased my empathy for other people going through mental health crises Um, all the time you know it's like people will be like well You know, we can see you're hurt because you had surgery or, you know, you broke your arm. I can see that. When you're struggling with mental health, you don't... A lot of people put on a great mask and, like, you don't even know. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I would be, like, getting better and my husband... And then I would break down and cry for a week and my husband would be like, I thought you were better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to be better. Yeah. But I didn't realize until I went through this how scary, um, having a mental illness can be and how hard it is. And so it's really made it so that I view almost all people differently and I give them more grace and assume the best and, you know, try to help because it's empathy I wish that I had before, but I, I didn't know. And so I think that that's been the biggest thing that's changed
0: what's your what's your favorite thing about being a mom
1: like right now bedtime (laughs) Um, no they are they're so I mean (laughs) everyday they're so funny and cute and smart and I know I'm like a blubbering like every other mom No. I do love it I don't love it when the teachers call me um, (laughs) because my son was looking over the stall in the bathroom (laughs) because his friend did it first I don't love that. <laughs> but it builds character for me and them and I just I love watching them develop and love each other and play with each other and be adorable and all the other all the other things that every mom loves. Oh. I love that.
0: Well Chelsea, I can't thank you enough. For, for taking the time to, to connect, to chat. Thank you for sharing your story, having the, the courage to do that. You're um, welcome. I don't think you'll really know like the ripple effects of, of you opening up and, and talking about this stuff. Thank you. A big thank you once again to, to Chelsea for taking the time to join this podcast episode and for being so open and so real. Um, it's powerful stuff. She um, she wanted me to pass along that one of the biggest resources out there for any who is struggling in this area is Postpartum Support International. You can go to their website. It is postpartum.net. Uh, that's where you can find a professional in your area that can help you out. They also offer online support groups. There's also something called Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota a local chapter if you're here in the minnesota area that can help support you i'm going to put links to both of those in the show notes of this episode and i'll also have a link to to prairie care Uh, prairie care offers clinic psychiatry and therapy for pregnant and new moms Uh, they also have an intensive outpatient program that's offered four days a week online so uh, a lot of resources out there. If you find yourself in a space of struggling with any of these things, I uh, want you to know that you are not alone. So thank you so much for being here, my friends. As always, take what serves you from this conversation and, and leave the rest. Uh, I want to let you know that that I also interviewed um, another perinatal therapist at prairie care that we're going to be putting out that episode soon here as well so look for that uh, as we continue this conversation around perinatal mental health be gentle my friends one step at a time and we'll talk to you soon